And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Baseball Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Swings here and he drives one deep in the center. Puig is racing back, still going back. He looks up, it's gone! Over the center field wall for Hunter Pence. Pence will touch them all and score them all. A grand slam for Hunter Pence. It's not easy when it's tough. That's when you find out what you're made of. You get so much Brisby in your ears if you want it. If you want Brisby, oh gosh, you get it. Anybody want coffee? I'm making coffee. Anybody want? Yes! 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 I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. You're listening to The Baseball Barista with Hunter Pence and Grant Brisby on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 28 of the Baseball Barista with Hunter Pence and Grant Brisby presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. We have a special episode today. We have four-time World Series champion, occasional color commentator for the San Francisco Giants. We have Javier Lopez here with us on the Baseball Barista. Javier, how are you doing today? Gentlemen, I am doing great. How are you? I am doing well. I am doing well. Hunter, you want to say hi to Javi? Yes, uh, Javi. Thank you so much for coming on. One of the greatest teammates of all time. And as Grant said, four-time World Series champion. So when I get the opportunity, it's playoff baseball time. Uh, no one better to talk to than Jay Smooth, one of the best communicators and leaders I ever played with. So welcome, Javi. Grant, we're doing great. And uh, I, I'm excited. I want to know what, what your first question for Javi would be, Grant. Well, you know, it's because he's doing some work in the broadcast booth with the Giants. You know, I'm sure he was going to pay attention to the Giants anyway. But you started the season, you had to pay attention to the Giants for a paycheck. And so you had to do a good job, your due diligence. What was your win prediction before this season for the San Francisco Giants? 106? I had 100. 100 was the baseline. (laughs) Um, They overachieved. I lost in Vegas because of it. (laughs) No, you know what? Honestly, I probably was thinking more of a wild card position looking at it. I thought Dodgers and Padres would battle it out. And I thought about 500, maybe a few games over kind of what they were doing last year. I really thought that that could be a good number for them to maybe sneak into a wild card spot. But thankfully they won 107 games because even the wild card spot went for more than that. So it was a pretty impressive six months of baseball. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, definitely a, a pretty incredible run. Uh, getting to follow the Giants this year was was amazing. Uh, you know, being so tied to the franchise and getting an opportunity to work in the pre and post. And like you said, shattered expectations. There's like a 1% chance to make the playoffs at the beginning of the year. Not only did they do that, they won 107 to beat the 106-win Dodgers. What a crazy – like, I can't even fathom that many wins in the same division. And I, I obviously want to talk to you more about playoff baseball, but Javi – what surprised you the most about like how what was the meat and potatoes of how they got it done? I think the starting pitching really for me crossed this threshold that I didn't think they were going to be able to do. A lot of these guys have ability uh, in Gosman and in Disclafani and Logan Webb, of course, and Johnny coming back from from surgery. They hadn't reached the innings load that they have reached this season, and I was worried about that more than anything about when they reach that threshold. These guys have thrown multiple, you know, 150 innings, 160, 170 innings, but they hadn't done that in three, four years for most of them. And to have to go into a season and make all the starts, go to the post and do it. And when they needed guys to step up and take a couple starts from them, they were able to do it. But that starting staff, I think really set the tone for me. I was really impressed. I wasn't sure who was going to step to the forefront, but Right out of the shoot, Gosman just went ahead and said, I'm going to take control, let everybody follow along. And, you know, Logan Webb's progression from May on has just been outstanding. He doesn't seem to show, never let him see his sweat is what I always thought when I was trying to see young guys pitch. And he's got that ability. And Di Sclafani doing his thing. Even Johnny being able to contribute and, 
and Alex Wood, another one that that I'm really interested to see how they use him in the in the postseason here because he is that guy with the Dodgers that they showed that can eat up a lineup, and he's shown it with the Giants. They can eat up a lineup one time through, one and a half times through, and I don't know if he's going to get starts or not. We'll see how that sets up. But I really think the starting pitching was above the expectations that I had set for him. And of course, the offense, when you have all those guys hitting multiple homers, I didn't see that one coming either. I kind of just thought the the bulk of the guys in the middle of the order were going to do the damage. But throughout that entire lineup, especially in the National League, to get homers out of the eight hole, it's not normal. And they were able to do that. I was really impressed with that as well. Great points, Javi, and, and you're right. Like, Discalfani having that season and, and honestly breaking the franchise record in homers, you definitely didn't didn't necessarily see that coming. So, so, But it's real, and, and they did it, and they won a lot of games. Now, I want to step into what I would consider the Javi realm. Like I said, four World Series championships. I got to witness your poise, your leadership, your communication. I want to hear kind of your thoughts on, like, yeah, you get into that rhythm, and I think it was good for the Giants that they were pushed all the way to game 162 to win the division. It's like there's a difference between winning 107 games when it's easy street and you've got it clenched, but they were pushed the entire season. So stepping into like playoff baseball, and and, and when this airs, the, the second wild card game will be done. We just watched the Red Sox beat the Yankees. But what is the shift, and what is your, your expectations of, of kind of this playoff season and, and not only the Giants but just in general what are your feelings and and what changes in your eyes well I do think when you go into this much like you mentioned the Giants had to grind all the way through the Dodgers had their second best post all-star break run since 1953 and they gained one game on the Giants that's it and when you think about it in that regard it's incredible that they were able to hold off the Dodgers who've been you know they're loaded with superstars and they're built to win they're built to last and and to hold them back, I think, is a huge confidence boost, not only for the Giants having to look over their shoulder a little bit, but they were able to take care of business on their own and not have to wish for the Dodgers to lose or another team to do certain things. And, you know, the Diamondbacks nailed it with their tweet, like, you're welcome, SF Giants. Like, when they beat them the one time, that game is the one that mattered most. Uh, that's what separated the ball club. And I think when you look at the way the Giants have been fighting, every game they're grinding, every game they got a new guy contributing. And... I think when you go into playoff baseball, there is something to playing tight ball games for an entire three months now after the break. And I do think there is stuff to that. I think you can look on that. You can lean on that experience. You can lean on the fact that these guys have had to grind. And I do think also it benefits, much like you mentioned, you get to 107 games. You're not coasting for any one of those. I can actually say this now since I, they're all salty old vets now, but they're 34, 35-year-old guys they want this break and they're going to get it. And it's, it's awesome to see how they respond and how they get to bounce back. They get to watch the playoffs without having to go the wild card route. That's not something that hasn't been experienced in the Bay Area since you were suiting up for them. So, I mean, it's it's been a while since they've had that opportunity. So I think when you look across the spectrum of Major League Baseball, tremendous game to kick it off to hated rivals and they went at it and the way that one finished up, you know, you a, a guy that is the best pitcher in baseball for the past few years, he's in that conversation, gets bounced after two innings and things you just don't expect. And that's what I love about October baseball. It's just you think you can map it out. You think you have everything lined up in your head. And just like that, things can change. And, and I love that about the Rays in particular in the American League, even the White Sox, because they're a little scary. But the Brewers can pitch. I love the Giants. You know, the Dodgers have still had that ability to, to put up a lot of runs and shut people down with their bullpen. It just makes for great storylines, and I'm excited to see how the rest of the month plays out. I'm excited to talk to you and, and Hunter at the same time because you have a, a similar path to the Giants in in that you were both traded midseason deadline acquisitions to bolster a team that was looking to win a pennant or World Series. What is that like? Like, what is it like to go from a team uh, you're going from the Pirates to a team that has postseason aspirations? What's the the change in intensity like? What's it like to kind of assimilate into a new clubhouse? Can you talk just a little bit about what it's like to join a contender after a few months of being on a non-contender? It's definitely different. It was my second opportunity to do that. I, I got traded to the Red Sox back in 2006 when they were fighting for first place. So I got a little bit of taste of what the expectation levels would be in those uh, clubhouses. And 2010 was really no different. The Pirates, we were scuffling. Anybody over 30 years old got traded that year. And I got luckily I got sent to San Francisco and I got thrown right into the fire in the sense that I showed up ESPN 
Sunday night baseball game is this, the game that I showed up and it was against the Dodgers the night before Pat Burrell had hit a homer off of Jonathan Broxton to, to win the game for the, the Giants. And so I'm going into that atmosphere. So I got double whammy there. I'm getting the Dodgers trying to understand that rivalry. I'd never really, I didn't grow up on these West coast. I didn't really understand all that. So I get that and I get trying to chase down the Padres. So, you know, you get singularly focused in those trades, which is kind of cool. I think you walk into that clubhouse and I think Hunter could probably speak to this where it's, you know, Hey, how you doing? I love you. Thanks for being on board. All right. Now we're winning. Like, let's just go and win. Let's focus on that day and what's coming ahead of you. And I think that's, that's the biggest difference between a bad clubhouse and even a bad team that you're on. And when you get to finally play some meaningful September games and chase and, I think when you get in there and people have that one common goal of just trying to win a ball game, whether it's, you know, Hunter coming up with a great hit or me just coming up with a great pitch or having the, a fluke of a play be the decider. I think that was the more exciting part. It was never just one thing every night. It was always the most random thing that you wouldn't think would matter. Maybe in like the third or fourth inning ends up winning a ball game. So, you know, I think there's a lot, a lot of things that I enjoy about, the acquisitions and the way the Giants did it with Chris Bryant this year. And, you know, I think that was a, that was a great pickup for them, but you know, you see all the clubs try to make little moves and they don't want to be linear moves. You win at the margins at this level. And I think the Giants have been able to do that. And you see it with some of the other trades from some of the other clubs that they're, they're finding themselves in the postseason, like Nelson Cruz with the, with the Rays finds himself going back playing some October baseball over 40 years old. I know he's pumped. I got to get some of Hobby's experience here. You went at the margins all season on, on this show with Grant. I've just been preaching bullpen, bullpen, bullpen. Bullpen wins in the playoffs. There's a reason Hobby won four World Series championships. It wasn't a coincidence. This guy in 2012 and 2014, when I got to play with him in the playoffs, it was like whatever the best left-handed hitter in your lineup was, like guess what? Like in any situation, Hobby's coming in and you're out. Having that weapon was like such a – crazy superpower for the Giants and was such a relief and even playing defense. So Javi, I want to hear kind of your, first of all, your experience, like going into Boston and what that was like, because Boston obviously just won and, and moved on. And I know it's a, it's a fun town to play baseball. And also I want to hear kind of your thoughts on being in the bullpen and such high pressure situations. Like what makes for a successful bullpen? What did you learn with that Red Sox team? Or did you just kind of figure it out on your own and, and that playoff run? And, and how did you carry that into the Giants? Because I know you were a great leader of one of the best bullpens in playoff baseball history uh, with, with some of the Giants teams that we were on together. So talk to me your thoughts on how do you prep for that? How important is it? And, and what's the feeling? Man, that was a lot of coming at me. I know. Right there, I'm sorry. Huh? I'm okay. just so excited because these are the things I love to hear from you. I love the word vomit. All right. Let me try to work through this. All right. With Boston, it's where it started. And I cut my teeth in Boston. 2007 was my first postseason. And I would tell you, swear to God, super scared. And my numbers reflected it. I did not have a successful postseason. We were the only show in town. You know, there's the out of town scoreboard only has one other game going. You know, it's just, it's different. It's just got a, such a different feel. And I listened to the veterans and as much as I could, and they're trying to tell me, you know, it's still the same. It's a Hoosiers moment, you know, where they measure the basketball hoop. It's still 10 feet and the court's still the same size, but it doesn't have that feel. And you know that it's not the same, even though they say it's the same because the emotions change and handling that is yeah. part of the game. hundred percent. And everyone's looking at you for me in 2007, when, again, when I'm going through there, I put way too much pressure on myself to execute rather than trusting what I was doing to get in that spot. There's a reason I was on that postseason roster. I thought it was way too difficult in the moment to just get the out. I thought I had to do extra. And when I had another opportunity in 2008 in the postseason, finally, I started to relax a little bit more and, and the Rays end up beating us in game seven of the ALCS. And so we don't go back to try to defend the title. But at that year, I felt like, all right, I got some stuff clicking. I understand. I hope I get another shot. And then when I got traded uh, to the Giants in 2010, I felt like I was ready. I just was ready for the moment. I felt the team itself was ready. It was a bunch of salty guys. I kind of knew what was going on. I I always knew of Affelt and Casilla in the past. And when I got traded over, I got traded over with Ramon Ramirez, who I had actually played with in Boston. So we all kind of knew each other and got to know each other. And with Romo, got to know him a little bit. And I think when you get into those moments, I do agree with you. Pitching a defense and a timely hit is going to win a ball game. You need to get outs. When you come into the from the bullpen, at least when I was coming to a ball game, for the most part, you have a parachute. You have a guy that's going to pick you up. Now, when you get to the closer, 
you don't have that. And I think the Giants benefited when we had Brian Wilson. So selfishly, the way I think we all fought the core four uh, with Romo, Casilla, and Affel, we kind of dictated what kind of save Brian Wilson was going to have. You know, if we give up one, if we give up two, the Giants were only scoring, let's say on a good night, they're scoring three runs, maybe Torture four. Baseball you know, in, so. In that era. so that, <laughs> it was a lot of weight on you, the core four, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we just break the record things. for homers in those years, huh? <laughs> no. So we got to kind of dictate how the save was going to go in a, in a sense. And I think that's how we had to think about it. And, you know, with that, you rally around each other and, and you try to spend as much time as you can with each other, trying to pick each other's brains because you know the stress is coming. The stress is always out there. So you try to have moments of levity in the fourth, fifth, even sixth innings with some of the starters that we had, just try to keep it loose because you knew crunch time was coming and you, and the church bells needed to be uh, ringing a little bit to, to get through these moments. So I love watching playoff baseball again, just for those reasons, how these managers decide ultimately who they're going to put in those spots. And I think when, when we were in there, we had the full trust, not only of our team, but of the coaching staff and the pitching coach and Dave Rigetti and Mark Gardner, and most importantly, Bruce Bochy. When he gave you the ball, it was not because he was hoping or wishing. It's because he knew you could get the job done. And once you were able to understand that, that he's handing you the keys to this car and just keep it nice and clean, wipe it down with a diaper kind of thing, like that's what you were doing. And you had to go and execute. And I think the amount of confidence that was given to a reliever, and at least in my position, when you got the ball from him and you saw the signal and you're running in from the outfield, that moment carried you a lot of times through the entire appearance. It was just, this guy believes in me, even if I don't believe in myself in this moment. And I think that can carry a lot of guys. And, and I know it did for me. And then after a while, I got comfortable in those spots and wanting to be in those spots. And, and I think that's what made me excel in the postseason. Let me uh, ask you about the modern bullpen game in baseball and, and specifically the three batter minimum, because I know you said in the past, like, haha, that would have hurt me. And, uh, you know, but I also am of the opinion that there is so much data now and there are so many eyeballs and so many different ways to analyze a pitcher. The teams are so good at pitch shaping and like taking a very specific arm and saying, OK, here is how you get right handers out. Do you think that there would have been a way to like, if you step off a time machine from 2008 in the modern game, it's probably not going to work. But do you think there's a way to like make you into someone who can get through a right hander or two if you needed to? I think 100% that is true. I do think when I first came up, I actually had a really good changeup because I was throwing multiple innings at the time. I actually, I know for a fact, I got righties out better and I got lefties out. My splits were had reverse splits. But as I became more specialized, I put that change up in my pocket and unfortunately, I could never find the consistency in that pitch again. So I do think, much like you say, in the modeling and stuff, what profiles best for a pitcher, I do think those things will work because ultimately we're, we're creatures of habit and we're going to be out there and we're going to try to refine. When you got a bunch of alphas, especially when you're in that 25-man roster, you don't want to give it up. You don't want to learn down in the bushes, down in the minor leagues. You want to adjust on the fly. And I think if you challenge me to do something, I will do it, at least work on it over and over again. And I think when you look at the numbers, I love the numbers. I love the fact that people can, can try to break it down to finite points, whether it is release point, whether it is the Rapsodo and shows how the spin is coming out of your hand and the edgetronic that actually tells you, much like you're saying, what exactly shows you like, hey, my slider's my best pitch. Well, challenge flag. No, it's not. I can see it right here. And, I, and now I have video evidence that tells me that I'm not. I think that's a huge deal. And I do think that baseball has evolved so quickly, it is hard to kind of keep up at times. But I think now you're seeing that it's no longer just an eyeball test of, hey, I think you're doing this. Hey, I think you're doing that. Now you're getting, you're doing this. Let's take a look at it. You know what I mean, Grant? Like it's one of those things where we, I can prove it. There's, it's tactile. You can put your hands on it. You can see it visually and, and be able to make that adjustment. Trust is the basis of any relationship. But now it's trust with another layer on top of that of the communication. And that's where the video really comes into play. And I think when you look across the board, all baseball teams are built the same. They are. And that's why when I say you win at the margins, that's how you do it. You find a way to win a ball game 
whether it is in the sixth inning getting a big out, whether it is in the eighth inning bunting a guy over that you wouldn't think would be a bunting situation. God forbid they actually do a hit and run one time, you know, to get an offense going. It does happen, and you'll see it in the postseason. Things that you weren't expecting to, to see, you will see it in the postseason because people are trying to get any edge they can. Javi, I think you make a great point here because a lot of times, at least through our experience, we won series on bunts that someone threw away because once again, like I said, I think playoff baseball is different because your emotions, it's like you're in this like calm same way for 162 and you kind of, you have this, this energy spike at the beginning and then you just kind of level out and then you get to the playoffs and all of a sudden it, it frazzles it up and you're, 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 it almost, like you said, it's the same distance and same everything, but the energy and the emotion is so hyper. So we, we Blanco that the Cardinals throwing away some of his bunts and like, you know, Zito with some nice bunts here and there won a series, like what, like huge pivotal games was just a bunt and they like, no one outpitched or played each other. So I, I think that's a great point. And I know I went too far because I wanted to ask you like, what's What do you think is going to be <laughs> the margin here in, in this playoff season? And with, with these teams out here, like what's the marginal difference? Cause if you look at the Dodgers and you look at the giants and you look at the Rays, and you look at the Astros, they're all pretty similar. Where, where Do you think it's just going to be who who dives into the moment? I think there's going to be a little bit of that. I think with the Rays, they're battle-tested. They are a proven commodity in a sense that they have built their roster all the way up and down, not only in the big leagues, but in the minor leagues. If you look at what they did in the minor leagues this year, they had the best record in AAA. They won the title. They lost in the championship game in AA. They had the best record. They won. Their high-A team won the Best record won the championship. Their low A team, best record won the championship. They built a system that works for them. They don't value the dollar. They value the player and what they can provide. And I, I think you really see the Giants work in that way. You know, Lamont Wade is a great example. He's always had tremendous bat-to-ball skills. He was a tremendous player with the Twins. He was able to, to do things, but he wasn't. they never tapped into the power. The Giants get him. Again, Trust builds everything. You start with trust, then you can kind of go off of that. They go, hey, listen, bud, you've got the bat to ball. We know that you can work a count. Let's see if we can tap into some of that power. And then next thing you know, he's hitting 18 jacks. So it's how you build your roster and how you build your trust. And again, the Rays for me are the team to watch out for in the American League just because they're proven. Now, saying that, I could ask you right now, if you could name me their starting five pitchers, and I, I, I can 100% tell you, I don't know them, but I know that they can pitch and I know that they can field and I know that they can hit. And so for the me, the Rays are the team to watch out. Now, the National League, the Brewers are a scary team for me just because of the starting pitching. Woodruff and, and, and those guys, they had, plus you got Hater on the back end, but the starting staff, I think the opponent batting average was under 200 this year. Like that's, that's not bad. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not a numbers guy, but it ain't bad. So, you know, I would look out for the brewers. If anyone's still knocking the giants, that's their own fault because they've been the first to everything this season. So again, they may not have the sexy names up and down the lineup, even in the starting or in the bullpen, but you know, the giants are going to be a fun matchup. Everyone loves the Dodgers because it's the Dodgers either love, love to hate them, or you just love them in general. So they're a polarizing team. So that being said, I, Good luck to the Cardinals. But, you know, the Cardinals are a team that's hot. That's another thing. It's like all, all of a sudden Adam Wainwright, he's 55 years old and he's through 200 innings this year and he's got a three RA and he's had a great year. It's hard to pick who I, I see moving on, but I, I, I personally, I haven't even mentioned the Braves and I live in Atlanta. So, <laughs> but uh, I see a Brewers, Giants, NLCS. I just kind of feel like that's the way it's going. And I see a... Uh, I think it's going to be Rays, and I, I'm kind of tired of the Astros too, but They're I feel good, like Rays though, Astros Javi. might be. Yeah, they are. I know. I know you love them. I know you love them. They give you a chance. I got to ask you, though, because the Brewers the last two weeks, two and a half weeks, have just been like they clinched. They, they had kind of that thing I was talking about where they clinched so early, and they just kind of got trampled. Yeah. The Cardinals just riggedy-wrecked them. The Dodgers just annihilated them, and they were hitting off of those guys that you were talking about. Like They kind of – stumbled and and i've you've seen like if you think of the 2006 i believe cardinals stumbled in barely made it and won the world series but like did you get that any credit or or does that make you worry at all about the brewers well i do think they limped in i'll give you that i think they limped in a little bit the offense is not really taken off the way you're hoping they would you know i feel like um when you get into the playoffs i really don't think it matters i really don't i i wish it 
I wish you could put something to that. And I think it'll be an easy excuse if they don't win. But if you're the number two seed in the National League and you don't show up and you have an opportunity to, to make some things happen, that's on you. If you can't turn it up a notch, much like you're talking about, the atmosphere is going to be great. It's so loud. It is loud. The fans are on top of you. So if you can't get pumped up for that, you don't deserve to be in. So for me, I just I think even down here in Atlanta, everyone loves the Braves. They've won four straight uh, National League East titles. But even here, it, the fan base is kind of they're they've kind of come to expect it that this place doesn't rock the way it used to at Turner Field. So if they don't hit homers, which is it's funny for me to say because this is the way the Giants work. But if the if the Braves don't hit homers, they don't win. That's just it. They don't win ball games. They have no, they don't manufacture runs. They don't go action after action. They don't steal bases. They don't really do anything. So they wait for that three run homer. I have one final question for you. It has to do with a memory check. I'm going to test your memory. How many times did you face Hunter Pence as a pitcher? And what were the results of those matchups? I would say maybe, I think I faced him maybe four times and he got. Definitely two hits. He hit one off the freaking uh, fake center field warning track thing up on the hill. I remember that clear as day. I was with the Pirates. That was 2010 because he was wearing his puka shells. <laughs> uh, Hunter, was- same question. I want I want to hear your guess. How many times did you face Javier Lopez? I only remember the one, the one with the puka shells. Or I was wearing like those balance necklaces that they were giving out. But I just remember I actually like being like, man, his ball's got to be sinking. I'm like swinging as hard as I can underneath it. So I like wasn't even swinging for the ball and happened to hit it. So I definitely got lucky on that one. But I don't remember ever facing him. He was nasty. Two for two with a single and a double, both in is. 2010. I'd like to think like that somehow changed the course of maybe there was a team scouting you and they said, oh, gosh, he can't get he can't get right handers out. We're not trading for him. That allowed the Giants to swoop in. You helped the Giants and the Giants winning enabled them to keep it going until 2012 to get Hunter Pence. Those at bats, I think, set all of his <laughs> created the timeline. That's my, we created the timeline. That's my personal. That's my personal. Thing. But if, if Hobby got scooped up by another team, that other team might have won instead of the Giants. So. That's you know? what I'm saying. You know, if those at bats, <laughs> Bobby, if you, you struck yeah. out, Hunter, you struck out, you would have like, you would have been on the Phillies that you wouldn't have won in 2012. Forget it. So a uh, good job to both of you is what I'm saying. There you go. Hunter, you're welcome for that. Yeah. Yeah. You are. You're welcome as well. And yeah, I appreciate you making me play. My number is good enough that the Giants wanted me, but thank you so much for your time. Your insights are incredible. I uh, really appreciate you being here and, 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 give, and sharing your, your, uh, your wisdom, Hob, the great Jay Smooth. Well, guys, I appreciate you having me, and uh, I apologize about the video, but next time I'll clean it up a little bit. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right. Thanks to Javier Lopez for coming on. His Zoom camera wasn't working. And you know who uh, is really bummed out about that is uh, my niece. Uh, my niece is the number one fan of Javier Lopez. When I was on Giants Outsiders, Javier Lopez came back and said hi to us. And my niece was like, AK, send me that shirt because he touched your shoulder. She is a big Javier fan. So no video for Javier. A real bummer for my niece. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't blame her because he's just like such a beautiful presence and such a wonderful, and, and it doesn't surprise me that he's just a very thoughtful guy. He was just so awesome to, to get to play with. Uh, so thankful to have him on the show. And uh, man, playoff baseball is is so fun. We, we worked all year for this grant. We have all of these, uh, we have all of these great matchups. Now we get to see 
the Battle of the Titans. I wish we would have asked Javi, now that I think about it, if he thinks more teams should be in the playoffs. Because that's like a, a, an ongoing debate between us two. How did we forget that? But anyway, great, always great to hear from Javi. And I'm glad your niece, she picked a good one. <laughs> All right, so let's go uh, into some of these series. And let's, you know, we don't have to, to nail our picks in stone, but let's, you know, I've been really wrong all year about like a hundred different things. And I'm looking forward to being wrong again. That would be a fun thing to be, go over is like, what were we wrong about? What were we right about? That's a good point. I do like a victory lap with a lot of stuff when it comes to the Giants because I can go back and read what I wrote. I have no idea what I said to Javier Lopez, much less like a month ago. You know what I mean? Like once it's out of my mouth, you know, it's gone. So um, so let's let's start. Red Sox. All right. So they won. They had a, a thrilling wild card. I don't know if it's thrilling. They had a wild card victory over the Yankees to get to the Rays. Uh, they beat Garrett Cole, who was pulled early. Lots of people had thoughts about that. It doesn't matter. They're playing the Rays. Who do you have Red Sox Rays? We're going to have to like kind of pay the piper here because like we really haven't given the Red Sox much credit. We always like honorable mention them. And here they are mm-hmm. like beating the Yankees. Uh, really clutch games, you know, 160 to 162. Uh, you know, they just like. They found a way to get done. We knew they had a good path, but then to win, to beat Garrett Cole, you know, to have the the game in Boston. And I, I feel like Schwarber is like so clutch in the playoffs. Like he just turns into this monster. And this is one of the things where it's like regular season baseball and playoff baseball, you get different players. Like what you saw with a Rosa Reina, uh last year in the playoffs is like, there's like some personalities just shine bright when the lights get bright. And uh, I think it's going to be fun to watch the Red Sox clash against the Rays, but I'm taking the Rays. Uh, and I know that I, I keep not paying the piper. And, you know, if the Red Sox happen to win the World Series, I will I will admit that I would be like, that was probably the last team I was taking out of all of them. If you're a Red Sox fan, you should not listen to the, like, I'm going to take the Rays too. And you should not be like, oh, how dare you? You should smile and go, yeah, you just wait, you know, like use that. Like that's, that's good stuff. That was kind of what us, uh, when I, my, you know, the two runs that I had, no one picked us to win anything. No one ever picked us. And as soon as someone picked us to beat the Cubs in 2016, uh, we lost. So <laughs> maybe it's the big, the biggest blessing we can give the Red Sox is to not take them. Cause you did take the Yankees to win the, the wild card. Like, before, before they even got to the wild card, you're like, I got the Yankees as the elite because they got Cole going in. You know what? I did. And here's the thing. When I was watching Cole versus Iovaldi, I remembered, oh, yeah, that dude throws cheese, too. Like, that guy throws. And he had a good season. And he there's the part where he was coming back from his second Tommy John. And I kind of, like, that has an outsized uh, space in my brain. And I think of him as, like, someone still trying to claw back. No, he's back to being a dude, and he's one of those guys that has, like, that postseason experience. He is, I watched him in that 18-inning game against uh, the the Red Sox, and it was the one game that the Red Sox, or the Red Sox-Dodgers, it's the one game the Red Sox lost, but man, he was awesome in that game, like a cult hero performance. So I forgot about that, and like, once you have that as your number one, you feel just a little bit more comfortable about him. He throws cheese and he's and he had a good season and he's a great pitcher and, and he's kind of in that like prime window of like perfect age and perfect amount of experience. You've had your highs, you've had your lows, and he's been definitely a sneaky great, great career and uh and, and sneaky good playoff pitcher. This was like maybe two weeks ago where we were taking like who we thought was gonna win the wild card. You had the Yankees, I had the Mariners. So like I had it worse than you because I was trying to join the believe train and I got kicked off. And, no shame and, uh, in that. No shame in that. But they had a fun season, and I wanted to root for them. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. Red Sox move on. Preseason picks, though. At Dodgers over Yankees. Okay, Dodgers over Yankees. So you, I don't know as of this recording because the Dodgers and Cardinals haven't played yet, but you still have one team alive as of this recording. Tomorrow you could be out. I do, but you had Braves over White Sox, and uh, the White Sox, that was never in doubt. There was a point where Braves was like, oh gosh, how did I, how did I pick the Braves? You know, but you also had the Giants making the postseason and the Dodgers not making the World Series. So like that was a little bit against the grain. Your preseason picks, they hold up. Well, some you know, if you shoot enough shots, eventually one might hit the target and you can celebrate it because there was a lot of shots that we missed, Grant. A lot of shots that we missed. But I, I'm still alive in the World Series predictions. But as of now, uh, let's make a new World Series. But I guess we can go over the different series. But, like, 
Although I took the White Sox, and, and I want to, you want to be able to stick to what you picked at the beginning. So like, I'm gonna have to stick to that pick as much as I. But if I'm giving you like my now perspective, like in the White, man, I can't wait to watch these these series because if I think about the starting pitching of the White Sox and I think of the White Sox and the Astros, it's hard to not take the White Sox because they're about to get amped with that playoff charge. And I love Lance Lynn. I love their bullpen. I love Liam Hendricks. And, and they have a solid hitting lineup. So let's just talk Astros White Sox. It is an interesting one because the White Sox, you know, they won uh, 93 games. They had a fine season. It was never in doubt. When you look at who they won their games against, they were 7-0 and against the Orioles. They were 12-7 and against the Tigers, who were fine. I shouldn't disparage the Tigers too much. They were 13-6 and against the Twins. They played a lot of games against teams that weren't very good. Does that make a difference in your evaluation, or do you look at it as like, no, they handled the teams they were supposed to handle? What's the big deal? I mean, it could, it could, but like, once again, they weren't like really challenged for the division at all. So they were kind of in cruise mode. And like the thing that I look at, like similar to like what Javi was saying with the Brewers is like, we're looking at Lance Lynn, 269. We're looking at Carlos Rodon, 237. And we're looking at Lucas Giolito, who, by the way, had a pretty rough first half and is now sitting at a 353. So like I go into looking at your pitching. I really, really, really like the starting pitching of the White Sox. I think they're kind of built for playoff baseball, if you ask me. And and that's like an offensive park. So like these numbers, in my opinion, are better than they appear. I look at uh, their starting pitching and it's hard not to be impressed. My one question is Rodon and just how the extra month of baseball is going to play with him because like he has just never been Mr. Uh, Durability. That's always, the stuff was never in question. It was, uh, you know, can he hold up physically? And he has been a revelation. He's going to get Cy Young votes. An extra month of baseball gets a little dicey, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I do think that they have a lot going for them. And I, I think that with Hendricks, and I do think that Kimbrell is, is better, pitching better than his 509 ERA with the White Sox. So I agree that they are well set up to do good things with Gilito and Lynn and, and Rodon. Let's jump to the other side of the coin. And you got one of the best offenses in the American League. We have the Astros who have been kind of like the team to get through over the last five years to go to the World Series. It's like either the Astros or the team that beats the Astros. So you can't discredit that, like that the Astros have been kind of the elite in the American League over the last five years. So, and it's the same core. It's the Jose Altuve, Yuli Gurriel, Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman, you know, and, and you know, the last couple of years, Michael Brantley as well. He's healthy again, I believe, unless this is showing me uh, something else. The guy I brought up, I know it's only 46 at bats. Jose Siri still looking good with a 956 OPS. And they have solid, they're kind of poised. They have solid bullpen. They have strong starting pitching. I would lean the White Sox the better starting pitching of the two, but it's like not far off with McCullers Jr. You know, a 316. He threw 160 innings. Grinky, uh, you know, not the best, but 170 innings. Luis Garcia, 330. And Framber Valdez, a 314. So, yeah, the edge is to the White Sox, but not by much. And what does the other side of the coin look like when you jump into the Astros? I would take the Astros in this series. That's where I'm going to put my rubber stamp on it. I think that they have one of the most underrated rotations in baseball. Uh, with Granke being like, you know, almost like a weak link, I wouldn't buy into that in the postseason. I would expect him to do good things. But like, you know, other pitchers on that staff have surpassed Granke. And they have the bullpen. It, it just It comes down to the lineup. And that lineup is still stunning, still amazing. They still, you know, just compared to the average American League team, you you can't find that kind of thump, that kind of on-base percentage. They do everything well. So I'm going to take the Astros in that series. I think the White Sox are an excellent team. I think they have a chance to win the World Series. But if I have to pick, I, I'm, I'm going Astros. I think that's fair. And I think because I took the White Sox to win it all, and like, you know, just kind of glancing over the numbers here, uh, Yasmani Grandal like really turned it around. I know he was hurt for a while, but um, man, he's sitting at a 939 OPS. Like we haven't really had to look at the White Sox or talk about them that much because they've just kind of been like the sure thing. And I love, I read LaRusse's book. I do know that he is like 
really good at managing baseball. And I was in the division against him and the Cardinals, and it was very frustrating. And you felt his presence, which you don't feel that often with a lot of managers. So I think that this team is very poised, very well put together. And I think it's going to be a it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a battle. Yeah, I, I'm going to take the White Sox. I just have a feeling like you, you step up Rodon into this playoff scenario. I have a feeling he's going to step up. Like I know what Lance Lynn is. And Jose Abreu, Mr. Consistent. Grandal's been there, done that. Luis Robert is, is elite talent. It could go either way. It's kind of a coin flippy. I do think that there's probably, if I'm giving percentages, a, a little edge to the Astros. So I like your pick. But I'm just, I'm feeling the, the, the White Sox sizzle. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you get injured, you don't want to wait for answers and options. That's why it may be time to explore the Nano Experience, a revolutionary treatment option designed to help active people get back to the lifestyles they love. Nanotechnology allows surgeons to see inside even the smallest joints and treat orthopedic conditions with a tiny camera and other nano instrumentation, all through a barely there poke hole incision. Wherever you've experienced an injury, whether it be a foot and ankle, hand and wrist, shoulder and elbow, knee or hip, nanoarthroscopy can be used to diagnose and treat your condition in an extremely minimally invasive way. Don't wait to learn about the revolutionary nano experience and how it could help you or someone you know after an injury. Visit arthrex.info slash the athletic. This is not medical advice and is not meant to be a substitute for advice from your physician. Talk with your physician about your health condition, potential surgical risks, and whether Arthrex products are right for you. Postoperative management is patient specific and dependent upon your physician's assessment. Individual results will vary. There is no right answer. Like if you say, I just got a feeling, you know, hey, it's postseason baseball. Like your feeling is you can dissect this and get the minutia. And sometimes it's just like, I don't know. I kind of like this matchup, you know? Well, I mean, once again, it's it's tough to pick and go against the Astros because they are. I felt that energy. I felt that steel curtain of how good their bats are and how good their pitching is. You know, the White Sox are are just a they're they're this is a, these are two really really good teams. Period. And um, you can argue that the, the division, and I think that that's probably the better way to go. But if I hadn't picked the White Sox at the beginning of the year to to be in the World Series, I probably would take the Astros. But like, it's not a big enough window for me to not take the White Sox here. And and I honestly think that with the starting pitching, that I I, I act, I'm going to give it a real seal of approval. I think the White Sox are going to win this series. I'm not going to give myself any outs. They can beat them. I'm taking the White Sox. All right. Fair enough. Let's move on to Brewers Braves. Uh, this is you had the Braves uh, winning the World Series against the White Sox. You, in, you, for a while there, it was a little dicey. They uh, made you look good. They are uh, a very good team, even without Acuna. They are just a, a really strong team. But, you know, they still, you know, they didn't even crack 90 wins that early part of the season still counts like they still count those games so do you think that the brewers are heavy favorites slight favorites or are you still going with that original pick and you think that you can just throw that first half of the season out and it's just braves all the way i'm taking the braves here and i'm going to tell you why i know it doesn't make a lot of sense because if you're thinking of starting pitching you have to take the brewers but i just i brought it up with hobby they limped in and the Braves have kind of been the the team that's just had that monkey on their back of like they've had crazy good seasons where they never had adversity. They kind of had like Brewers esque twenty twenty one seasons where they just or, or even White Sox esque where they just kind of cruised and like dominated the NL East and it was an easy street. This year was not that. They hit 
they hit hardships. They had Acuna go down. They were not, you know, they had that terrible first half. Morton had, like, was not the Charlie Morton. But right now, Charlie Morton is big game Charlie. Like, he is the guy you want on the mound. And Max Fried is as disgusting as they come right now. So it's like, how are you pitching now? I like Freddie Freeman. I think he's going to give you a good at bat against anyone. Ozzy Albies is a little grinder. Darno seems to always be clutch. The way they put down the streaking Phillies when they came in for that, it's just like as soon as you amp up the competition, I think the Braves rise to the occasion. And that's why I'm taking the Braves. I think on paper, the Brewers probably a little bit advantage, but I think just with playoff respect and, and like who's hot hotter now, I like where the Braves are at and what they've had to go through and how they've had to manage this season to get here. I think they they got like a little bit of a of the grit, if you're asking me. I think that that's all very reasonable. I am going to go with the Brewers. And I talked about the Brewers. I talked them up as like, oh, they're the platonic ideal of a postseason baseball team because you can throw the starting pitching out. You got Hader, you got Devin Williams, and then Devin Williams goes and punches a wall. And he's out for the postseason. And that just... It breaks my heart for him, for the fans, for the franchise. Like, I just hate that story. But now it's like I almost overcorrected and almost said, well, they can't do it without Williams. Now, it, but they still have like that bullpen. You still have Brent Suter, Brad Boxberger, Hunter Strickland's having a fine year. Like, they have guys in that bullpen to shorten the game, even without Devin Williams. And then you go back to the rotation. I know that their lineup isn't like the sexiest lineup. You know, you, you have Adamas doing good things and and Yelich, I think, is trending upward. But I just like that pitching staff a little bit too much. No disrespect to the Braves. I just kind of like the way the Brewers are built for the postseason still. Man, we are we are completely on opposite ends. One person's going to be charging in and one person's going to be head down or maybe we split it 50-50, but I like it. We're on opposite ends of the spectrum and I, I'm so excited for these series. So, all right, you got the Brewers, I got the Braves. On we go. We're not going to know. Uh, we're recording this before the NL wildcard, so we don't know who the Giants will play. So let me just ask a, a more open-ended question. Regardless of who makes it, are the Giants the favorites in the NLDS? Or, you know, if the Dodgers were to make it in, is are all of a sudden the Dodgers going to be the favorites in that series? Okay, I'm going to give you a very, very weird answer to this question. So I, I, I'm taking the Giants if they play the Dodgers. I just think the Giants, they play the Dodgers well. They match up well. I got the Giants against the Dodgers. Uh, if the Dodgers are, are, are able to move on. If the Cardinals move on, I don't like the matchup of Giants versus Cardinals. Um, I don't know why, but the, the Cardinals kind of beat them in the series. And it's just like, you know, the Arenado and Goldschmidt, like I've always crushed the Giants. I just feel like it's not as good a matchup for the Giants to play the Cardinals as it is the Giants versus the Dodgers. It, just from watching and feeling, and I just think there's a weird like kind of paper, rock, scissors there for the Giants. <laughs> By virtue of home field advantage, I I still take the, the Giants over either team. I think they're so good at home. They have been all year. The Dodgers are still, even without Max Muncy, even without Clayton Kershaw, you can make an argument that they're the most talented team in baseball, which goes to show how freaky talented they are. They're just a little bit worse on the road, and they have to play three in San Francisco. When it comes to the Cardinals and Giants matching up, the Cardinals are so right-handed. They are just so, and I know that that's Arenado and Goldschmidt and they generally crumple the Giants up and eat them, but like they are so right-handed and the Giants can throw Gosman, Webb, Disclafani, and they have enough right-handed relief to where I still feel quasi-comfortable, you know, but Arenado and Goldschmidt still, they're the monsters under under my bed. And I know that a lot of Giants fans feel like that too. They just have crushed the Giants. But at the same token, there's kind of a, a saying like, you know, with the Giants, I remember seeing this and it was kind of weird, funny to me, but there's a history of the Giants always beating the Cardinals in the postseason. And it's really weird, but like, I remember this quote, it was like, we don't always make the postseason. 
But when we do, we beat the Cardinals. It was like a, a meme of some sort. And I, I guess uh, it's very odd of me because of the history of Giants and Cardinals. But I just think that the matchup and, and watching the games of Giants and Dodgers and watching the games of Giants and Cardinals, the Cardinals just kind of matched up well. And it was the, the Giants didn't see their relievers very well and, and had some tough ABs and weren't able to really get to them. So that's why I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to my paper, rock, scissors. I think the Giants move on if the Dodgers win. I think the Dodgers are going to beat the Cardinals is kind of my feeling and uh but we'll see uh, you got to play the games and but that's my picks I got Giants if they if they if the Dodgers win and I got Cardinals if the Cardinals win all right it's funny to me because I grew up uh, as a Giants fan in the 80s uh the Cardinals were the team that always handed it to the Giants in 1987 they're the ones that knocked the Giants out of the you know their dream season and I was scared of the Cardinals you know even in 2002 2012 2014 it's like oh no the Cardinals. it's funny the perception all right before we go, let's just solidify this World Series pick. The matchup, the winner. Who do you got? Because uh, I want to just stick to what I picked at the beginning of the year, but I'm going to give you like my real who I think is going to be there at this point. Wow. Uh, so it's kind of contradicting what I've already picked because I kind of feel like it's it's going to be Astros and it's going to be it's going to be Giants. If I if I'm just taking like not paying attention to what I picked at the beginning of the year, I have Astros Giants. <sighs> I I think I go Rays Giants and and I just picked the White Sox to beat the Astros. So like that's <laughs> can I do that? Can I even just pick that? Grant? Dip, Is this double allowed? Dip, double dip. Challenge flag. I have uh, bias, not not that I'm like rooting for the Giants, but that I, I cover the Giants. And so I'm used to them. I, I see how they've won 107 games. I've watched every one of their 107 wins. So it's like I kind of have to pick when you see a team win 107 games, like spend three hours a day watching them grind these 107 wins out. It's hard for me not to pick them to at least make the World Series. So I'm going Giants Rays in the World Series. And then I'm going to go I'm going to go raise over the Giants like that's going to be my get everyone mad at me pick but I I think the Giants get there I think the Rays just kind of grind out that World Series win that's just you know off the cuff I got Giants Astros Giants win it all I should really stick with my Astros Braves Braves win it all and I I do think that that's still very likely you know for me I think that the Giants are the have been the best team in baseball the whole time I think they're going to continue to carry it through the Rays It'll be fun to watch. They they're 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 a good team. Like you said, like Javi said, you can't really name their starting pitching. Can you name their starting pitchers without pulling it up? I know Shane Boz. Like I know <laughs> who's their one, two, and three. Uh, like Shane Boz, and and you know you have you know that one guy with the mitt. You've got that guy with the hat. You know, you know what I'm talking about. No, you know, you got, you got Waka. Okay, you got we'll like a- your World Series winner <laughs> can't name starting pitchers. This is how this is how we hang in this podcast. Oh my gosh! All right, this has been uh, the baseball barista. When we come back, like I don't even know. Let's see the MLB postseason schedule. I want to know where we're going to be when we come back. We're going to be talking next Wednesday, and we're going to know so much more it's weird how quickly this all happens it's going to be so by monday or by next wednesday that will be we'll know uh who's ahead in the let's see by next wednesday we will know who is ahead in all of these series we won't know like the matchups for the nlcs or alcs most likely but we'll know and then we'll be able to talk about you know what these teams need to do to get to the championship series so it'll be fun times i'm looking forward to it that was a fun time. We definitely uh, spun a spider web of decisions and picks, <laughs> but it's going to be fun to watch. I know that th- th- these these series, I'm hoping and I, I really believe, are going to go deep. All right. This has been episode 28 of the Baseball Barista. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. We'll talk about playoff baseball because that's what we do here. Thanks for listening. Ha 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 ha!